Good morning. It's Pastor Randy from Made Free Church. How are you guys doing this morning? I hope you guys are doing awesome. I know I am, but I'm going to turn on some more Josh Snodgrass because he's awesome. Give me one second to turn this down. I didn't realize how loud it was. Uh, anyway. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, again, I hope you guys are having a great morning. I know I am. I'm in Idaho, Weezer, Idaho, and, and uh, we're in the midst of planning a new church here. So, we're still going to do the live streams uh, when, once the church opens and stuff. But right now, I'm doing it from my house. So, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, just uh, an announcement before we get started. Guys, if you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. That's madefreechurch.org. Uh, we have, uh, and go to, there, we have a tab, it's called prayer requests. We have a whole intercessory prayer team that is set up to pray over your prayer request daily. Okay? Uh, so go there. It's uh, madefreechurch.org. Prayer requests. You know what I mean? So, um, guys, we're going to continue our series in Romans, we're going to be here, like I said, for a while. Um, today's service is called Rejoicing in Hope, right? We're going to be in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, but we're going to focus on chapter uh, chapter 5, verse 2, okay? So let's get into this. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We want to say thank you for your word. We want to say thank you that we get to gather, whether it's online, in person, doesn't matter. Lord, that we can listen to your word, Lord, and just get me out of the way and allow me to preach the whole counsel of your word and of God. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's do this, man. So, you know, uh, in the first four chapters of Romans, the Apostle Paul explains how to come into right relationship with God. The good news of God is that we can come into right relationship by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That is called justification by faith. Now, as it begins in chapter 5, the Apostle Paul writes about the blessings of justification and having explained how we receive justification now he get now he he explains what justification gives so in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 through 11 we read several blessings of justification so let's read that today paying special attention to verse 2b which is our text today and it says this therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God and our, through our Lord Jesus Christ, the, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace which we stand and we boast in hope of the glory of God. Now, to be is the last part, and we boast in hope of the glory of God. In verse 3, now, and, and not only this, but we also boast in our afflictions, knowing that affliction brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. Right? And hope does not, 
uh, does not put to shame because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given us. For a while, we were still weak and at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps a good man, someone would dare even die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having, much more than having now been justified by his blood, even shall we be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if we were sinners, we were, uh, for, oh, sorry, for if while we were sinners, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. It's pretty amazing, right? But see, Paul wrote the fifth chapter of Romans to teach us, you know, to teach those who have been justified by God uh, through faith in Jesus Christ that they also have blessings of justification. And we've already explained two blessings, right? Uh, they are peace with God and standing in grace. Uh, and today we examine the third blessing, rejoicing in hope, right? An English poet, Alexander Pope, wrote this. Hope springs eternal in the human breast. Man never is, but always be, to be the best. But, where's, but where does a man turn when hope dries up? Right? The director of a medical clinic told of a terminally ill young man who came uh, into came in for his usual treatment and the new doctor was on duty and said casualty and carelessly you know don't you that you won't live out the year now see as the young man left he stopped the director's desk and began to cry that man that man took away my hope he blurted out well, I guess he did said the director maybe it's time you find a new one you know um <coughs> commenting on this incident theologian Lewis Meads writes this is there a hope when hope is taken away is there hope when situation is hopeless the question leads us to Christian hope for in the Bible hope is no longer a passion for the possible but it becomes a passion for the promise you know, as I mentioned in Romans 5, the Apostle Paul explains the blessings of justification by faith. And there are a number of blessings. Before we begin our, uh, our, our study today, let's quickly review what we've learned uh, so far. Notice that in the first place, our position is in Christ. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. See, the Apostle Paul begins by starting 
stating our position. Now, if we're a Christians, then we have been justified by faith. So he starts summarizing all that he said in Romans chapter 1 through 4, and he's summarizing all that a true Christian, what, what is a true Christian, right? Now, if we are Christians, guys, right, that we have been justified by faith and our position is in Christ. So that's, that's, that's an important thing that we got to understand, right? Our, our first possession is in Christ, right? Is peace with God. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 5, 1b, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Before we were even justified by faith, we were at war with God. But having been justified by faith, we are now at peace with God with God. Peace with God is not the same of peace of God. Okay? Peace with God is a permanent change of relationship with God. It's an objective it never changes. However, peace of God is subject, it gets variable depending on how we react to certain situations. Now, our second possession in Christ is standing in grace. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 5-2a, through him we have also obtain access by faith in to this grace in which we stand. See, the Apostle Paul is teaching that our right standing with God is because of what God has done for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. See, Jesus lived and died. He paid the penalty of all of our sin and we receive His righteousness by faith. All of this is a gift of God's amazing grace and that is what enables us to stand before God so so today you know in Romans 5 2b that's the end of the scripture we come to the third blessing of justification and third is possession in Christ right right possession in Christ is rejoicing in hope. See, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 5, 2b, through him we have also obtained access by faith into grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God, right? Now, as was the case in our previous lessons, our previous Bible studies, a number of important words in this verse, rejoice, hope, glory, Let's look more closely to each word in a, in, in a different order so we can better understand this blessing of justification, right? First, let's look at the word rejoice, right? The Apostle Paul uses a number of different words for rejoice. Now, Paul didn't use the more common word rejoice here in verse 2. The Greek word is I can never do these Greek words, but I try. I try. Uh, it's K-U-A-C-H-O-M-E-T-H-A. Komenetsla, right? So, I know, guys, don't laugh. I, I, I've murdered these Greek words. I apologize. <laughs> but see, Paul used, uh, that's, the Paul, that's the word that Paul used for rejoice in verse 2. Uh, it, it means actually to boast or to glory in 
is the meaning, right? Um, the meaning is even stronger than the word rejoice, right? Paul is saying that we do not merely rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, but rather we boast in, we glory in the hope of the glory of God. And since we have been justified by faith, since we have certain possessions in Christ, we boast about the glory in the hope of the glory of God. Now, the second word that I want to look at is glory. Now, glory is one of the richest concepts in the Bible, right? So let's understand this better. Look at the meaning of glory in the New Testament. The common New Testament word for glory is doxa. That's the, the Greek word. It means beauty, power, honor, right? Glory is a quality of God's character that emphasizes exceeding greatness and authority. Right? Alright. So. Um, the glory of God has been ultimately and most gloriously shown through the person of Jesus. Right? You can find that uh, in Luke 9.29 verses 30. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 9 verses 29 to 32 John 1, 14 through 18, and John uh, 2, verses 11. See, at times, God's glory means the honor or the audible praise which his creatures give to him, right? Uh, uh, Psalms 115, 1, or Revelation 12, uh, 5, 12 to 13. We use the word doxology, which technically means a word of praise, but we usually understand doxology to mean an expression of praise to God, right? And and the second meaning of glory in the Old Testament, uh, there's two words of glory in the Old Testament. The more common Hebrew word is kabod. Kabod means reputation or renown, uh, but the root meaning actually refers to something that is weighty as opposed to something that is weightless, right? When we refer to the glory of God, we mean that God has revealed his gravitas, his grab, real gravity. And um, he has, and he is the only true weighty person in the entire world, uh, universe. Um, the other Old Testament Hebrew word is Shekinah, right? Uh, which is the visible manifestation of God, generally seen as a light so brilliant that it that that He is unapproachable, right? So the Shekinah glory has uh, was the glory that was reflected off the face of Moses when he spent time with God on the ta- uh, on on the top of Mount Sinai when he received the Ten Commandments, right? You can find that in Exodus 34, verses 29 to 35. But when Moses came down from the mountain, his face glowed with transferred brilliance. And this was so bright that people were unable to look directly at him. To speak with them, Moses had to cover his face with the veil until the heavenly glory faded. That's pretty awesome, guys. I don't know about you, but Shekinah Glory, that's pretty awesome, right? So, 
The Shekinah glory was also the glory veiled in a cloud that descended to fill the most holy place of the wilderness tabernacle in Exodus 40, verses 34 through 38. And later in the Temple of Jerusalem, we can find that in 1 Kings uh, chapter 8, 10 through 11. Um, now, that I brief, you know, now that I've kind of, you know, briefly explained the glory of God was in the Old Testament, let me point you to the illustration about it. Moses has led his people in, uh, uh, led his people of Israel to Mount Sinai, where he received the Ten Commandments. Now Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and his face was so radiate, radiant with the reflected glory of God that he had to cover it when he spoke to the people. Now, after a while, you know, the radiance diminished and it was time to move on. Somewhat surprisingly, Moses was not all at all sure about his ability to lead the people forward. He expressed his concern with God and God said to him in Exodus 30, 33, 14, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. But see, Moses wasn't satisfied, right? He, he said to God, in, in Exodus 30, uh, 33, 15 through 16, if your presence will not, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, and I, and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from the vet, from every other people? On the face of the earth. So God said that he would do what Moses asked. He would go with him, right? And um, and then Moses got brave and asked the most daring thing at all. Please show me your glory in Exodus thirty three eighteen. And God said to Moses. I will make I I will make all my goodness pass before you and you will proclaim before you will uh you will proclaim before you my name the Lord and I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and I I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy but he said you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live in continuing God said behold there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock and while my glory passes I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed then I will take away my hand and you will see my back but my face you shall not see in Exodus 33 19 through 23 in these verses guys seeing the glory of God seeing the face of God is treated as identical, right? Thus, when Paul says that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, he's expressing that what theologians have called uh, the beatific vision, right? That is eternal and direct perception of God enjoyed by those who are in heaven, imparting supreme happiness and blessings. It is the goal and climax of our faith. So, what, does, what, what what is the Apostle Paul telling us that uh, telling us that the request of Moses and the desire of the saint, saints throughout the ages is to be ours, right? 
And it, it is ours because we have been justified by faith. In other words, those who have been justified will see God. And that's something, guys, that we have to understand, right? Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, he wrote this, For we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully as I am fully known. It's a great verse, man. Great verse. Third, let's look at the word hope, right? In our day, hope is rather a weak word, right? Uh, one dictionary defines it as desire with expectation of obtaining what is desired. You know, listing trust, reliance as synonyms, right? But usually, but we usually mean much less than this, right? When we speak of hoping against hope or hoping for the best, which implies that we are not very hopeful. But this is not what hope means in the Bible, right? Even the dictionary definition falls short of it. The Bible, in the Bible, hope means certainty, right? The only reason it's called hope rather than certainty is that we do not possess it yet, right? Though we surely will. Here's some examples of hope in the New Testament. Acts 2, 26-27 My flesh also will dwell in hope for you will not abandon my soul to Hades. Colossians uh, 1, verse 5 Because of the hope laid up before you in heaven. Colossians 1, 27 Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Titus 1, 2 Right? In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. Titus 2.13 Waiting on our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 6.19-20 We have this as sure and steadfast anchor of our, our soul. A hope that enters into inner peace behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as the forerunner of, uh, on our behalf. And in 1 Peter 1.3, says, Blessed be God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again in living, in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Each of those passages of hope refers to certainty. Even though we have not yet in full possession of what is hoped for, we are nevertheless certain of it since it has been won for us by Christ and has been promised to us by God who doesn't lie. Right? So, this is this is how Paul is speaking. Right? In, in Romans 5, 2, he says, And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, how are we to respond? We rejoice in the hope, you know, how do we respond to, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Uh, in 1 John 3, uh, verses 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul, the, the Apostle, excuse me, the Apostle John is speaking of the return of Christ. Um, and the fact that 
when he appears, we shall be like him. You know, he calls he calls this our hope, which is appropriate use for the word, right? We as we already seen. So, but this is not only something we have to, uh, not having to do with the future, says John, but in um, you know First John uh, uh, two. Uh, verses 2 to 3 he says this beloved we are God's children uh, now what will be has not yet appeared but we have what but we have that when he appears we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is and everyone who hopes in him purifies himself as pure that's my emphasis at it right it is our hope, our confidence, our certainty that we will be like Jesus one day and that motivates us to be like him now. It leads us to live as morally pure a, 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 a life as possible. Now, how do you do that? You live day by day, indeed, moment by moment on the gospel of God's grace. It means that you are looking to Christ alone for justification, sanctification, and glorification. You know that uh, uh, that you are bound for heaven only because of Christ, because of who he is and what he has done for you. That is faith. <laughs> and it also means that you repent daily. Uh, you are quick to acknowledge sin and, and fault and failure. Right, and you confess it as sin to God, and you turn from it, and you walk in the path that is laid out for us in God's excellent Word. On February twenty fourth, twelve oh eight, which is over eight hundred years ago, Francis of Assisi attended Mass in a little church of Saint Mary of the Angels. Right, the priests read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter ten. Jesus sent out. 12 apostles with these instructions. You receive without paying. Now give without being paid. Don't take along any gold, silver, or copper coins. Don't carry a traveling bag or an extra shirt or sandals. Those verses moved Francis that he resolved to become a, 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 an, a, an evangelist in the mold of the original apostles, right? He shared his burden with a few followers and then devised a simple strategy to wander through the country as a poor man, preaching the gospel and attending those in needs. Francis put his thoughts into writing and, uh, and traveled to Rome seeking endorsement from the Pope Innocent III. The Pope hesitated, my son, he said, your plan of life seems too hard and too rough. But eventually, uh, this is what Francis wrote later. When the Lord entrusted brothers to me, nobody told me how to treat them. But the Most High revealed to me personally that I ought to live according to the norms of the Holy Gospel. I had it all written down in a few simple words, and the Lord Pope approved it. And who wished to embrace the life 
gave to the poor everything they had and contended themselves with a tunic uh, patched inside and out and a belt and some underclothes. And we did not wish for anything more. Within eight years, Francis ordered an order numbered 5,000 men. And at that time, he died from tuberculosis and leprosy, uh, or sorry, tuberculoid leprosy in his mid 40s. And he was so loved that his followers feared the masses to steal his body. So they entombed him beneath the altar of Blasigia of St. Francis under the slab of granite growl and I think 10 weld bands of iron a a 190 pound grill and 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 200 pound rocks right uh they buried him so well in fact that his coffin wasn't discovered until the 19th century his followers uh continued his mission and today the 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 Francian order in it's all branches the largest religious order in the Roman Catholic Church today. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, we all know that that you know the the Catholics are kind of way out, you know what I mean, and stuff. So, and and we know that I believe that they are gonna usher in the Antichrist. So that's my belief of the Catholic Church because they're so corrupt, you know what I mean? Um, you know. Uh, in what they do and, and how and how they look at uh, communion and stuff like that, and they're just to me they're just you know they're they're going to help usher in the antichrist. That's for sure. See, you and I don't need the Pope to approve what we do, nor do we necessarily have to give everything away. But we don't need to follow Francis' example, live in each moment of every day according to the norms of the Holy Gospel. Right? That is our calling as well. To live in that. Right? To, to, to be a part of that. So, you know, uh, uh, to live out the Christian lifestyle and be examples of Christ. Be examples of Jesus and what he did on the cross. You know, you know, being able to suffer an affliction and having that joy and that hope in it, right? And 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 it's very clear to me, guys, that a lot of fake Christians out there just want to rejoice in the love of God, but when afflictions come and they and problems come, you know, it, it's just oh, we don't want to speak about that. We don't want hear about that, you know. Because blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I'm sorry to say, but we're being a Christian doesn't mean that you're going to have life easy. Right? You know? So I'm going to do something different. Uh, I'm going to go on um, Monday instead of Tuesday. Uh, I guess. I might. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to do something different. We're going to talk about socialism. And uh, we're going to talk about why it's incompatible with our Christian 
uh, faith. And I'm going to talk about the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we're going to discuss that. I'm probably going to go on Monday because I do have an appointment on Tuesday. But, guys, we need to live out our Christianity. We need to put aside our arrogance, put aside... All, See, there's a lot of Christian churches out there, guys, that if you're in that church, they're going to love you, right? But if you're not in that church, stay away. I don't want anything to do with you. You're, you're a whack job, right? We should be living out 1 Corinthians 13 in our daily lives. We should be living out the, the New Testament scripture, the Old Testament scripture. We should be living this stuff out daily. You know, stop with the pornography, stop with the masturbation. Yeah, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Stop with the cussing, stop with all that stuff, and live your life according to Scripture. You know, of course, we're going to fall short of the glory of God. That's, that's what it's about. But we can repent and confess our sins to one another, confess our sins to God, and we're justified by that. See, today, there's no fear of God in the church. There's no church discipline. And there has to be church discipline in the church. We have way too many false teachers out there. Just like, just like in the days of, of Paul. Before Paul. In the, days of, in, in, in the days of Jesus. And before Jesus. This is not something new. Guys, if we believe in Sola Scriptura, if we believe in the Word of God, then we should be living it out in our daily lives. I'm convicted daily of my sin. I got to go minute by minute sometimes, you know, because I'm arrogant. I'm, uh, you know, uh, 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 self-centered. I get all these things. I, I People tell me, oh, you're being prideful. You're doing this. You're doing that. I deal with demons every day, guys. You know, I deal with depression. I, I, I hold on to stuff that I shouldn't be holding on to. You know, um, some things have happened in my past that I haven't forgiven myself over. But now I'm starting to forgive myself and coming out of that shell and coming out of that, you know, and, and stuff. And, and let me tell you guys, you know, I, I, you know, I was an alcoholic, right? I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't drink today. I don't want to drink today. You know what I mean? Uh, uh. God has delivered me from that obsession. But that doesn't mean that I don't think about it sometimes because the enemy puts that, oh man, go have a drink. Do this, do that, right? Guys, we're supposed to be living the life of Christianity, of what they call, the Romans call, the way. This is something, guys, that, that this whole book of Romans got so much meat in it. And I'm probably going to go uh, to a different book after we're done with this. Probably Ephesians, maybe do a couple couple things there and, you know, kind of jump around a little bit. But here's the deal. Monday, we're going to talk about socialism. We're going to talk about how the, whether you're right or left and, and, and how it's destructive and how it's been destructive with socialism in the liberal church. All right. Um, oh man, this is awesome, guys. Just a, a, a 
few uh, ending announcements. Uh, guys, we're seeking your support, right? We are. We, we're, we're opening a church. We already got our building. Uh, we need chairs. We need a pulpit. We need a coffee maker. We need all this stuff right now. So, guys, if you could donate to Made Free Church Idaho, that would be really awesome. Uh, we, we're here in Weezer, Idaho. We're going to be opening up pretty soon. So if you guys can do that, that would be a blessing to us. Go to madefreechurch.org. Go to Made Free Church Idaho. There's a PayPal uh, link there. And also, guys, please leave your email address so we can send you a tax-deductible receipt. And if you guys would like to, you know, support Made Free Church in general, just go ahead and go to our website. We have a giving tab there where you can give three ways through a cash app, through a PayPal link, and you can send a check or money order to the address that's provided. And um, guys, I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you guys for being here and, and listening on the podcast and your support and stuff, guys. Thank you so much for that. And uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. We love you, God, and we worship you, God. And we just say, we want to be more like you, and we want to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you guys have a great day. God bless. Wasn't prepared. <laughs> all right, guys.